0: Cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while host Heather Winnig and her co hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Welcome to Cause and Effect. This is Heather Winnig and today I've got Tiffany Pearsall with me. That's me. That's Tiffany. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we recorded together, so we might get giddy.
1: Yeah. Might get it's possible. a little weird, highly possible.
0: Although we do that <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I'm excited. So here's the quote we're starting with. Actually I'm gonna use two quotes because I couldn't decide which of these was a better starting point for the conversation we wanna have. they mesh nicely I think so so these are both from Stacy Goffin's book Early Childhood for a New Era Um, so the first one is consistently high quality ECE relies on the collective competence of its practitioners second piece when individuals who are responsible for the care and education of children remain ignorant of the knowledge base children pay the price end quote yep that yep Yeah. Seems pretty straightforward. (laughs) Episode done. We got it. We got what we needed. (laughs) We're getting getting faster every time. (laughs) So one thing that Tiffany and I have been, um, I was going to say joking about, but I don't feel like it's a joke talking about.
1: No, um, we dream
0: about it. Dreaming about lately is starting Mm -hmm. our own university program. Mm-hmm. For people who want to work in early childhood. So I thought these quotes <laughs> would lead us into doing some out loud dreaming and planning about what that might work, look
1: like. So, yeah, so uh, I d- think about this a lot <laughs> because I did well in my teacher training program, yeah, but didn't get anything out of it, which I feel like is the majority of like that is everyone's story of school. That like, like yeah sure on. like I did the thing and then like what I really learned what I was doing was afterwards yeah so which seems like a waste of time to me and money I mean yeah. if we're gonna be
0: spending money on this let's at least
1: really be learning something from it but, um, yeah so did you and you have access to all these amazing mentors yeah but you're only like. You're you're only doing this very narrow pathway of like, and then I read the assignment, and then I do the math workbook, and then I move on with my life, and then I watch Gilmore Girls. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's such a great summation of the college experience. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um, and you, but you did like all of your college stuff all right together, right? Like right out of yeah high school, yeah. and then you knew that's what you wanted, so that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and then I
1: had two weeks between undergrad and grad, which I do not recommend to anyone. Don't do that to yourself.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm already out of that danger. So I, <laughs> I won't do that. But the reason I ask is because I'm I'm the other I, I took a different path, I guess, um, because when I was choosing what I wanted to major in in college, I didn't even know early childhood was a thing you could major in. Um I just knew that I liked English, so I was going to be an English major. Um, yeah. And then uh, after my freshman year, dropped out and got a job in a child care center um, and then discovered that that was a thing that that I could make a profession, but spent a good hmm, probably 20 years, maybe more, probably more um arguing with anyone who suggested that I needed to go get a degree. Um, Because I would wonder things and then find something to read about what I wondered, and then take what I'd read and do it with the children I was working with, and felt like I was learning so much that way um, that it would be a waste of my time and my money to go get a piece of paper to say that I could do what I'd already been doing. Um... But then I came to a point where I still felt like that was the best way I was learning. But um, if we're going to professionalize our field, and if we're going to try and define what high-quality early childhood looks like, oh, my God, you've got licorice. so unfair. Sorry. Anyway, that's okay. I'm Um, pregnant. I eat all the time, eh? (laughs) Anyway. That 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 we needed to have degreed people and credentialed people. And if I was going to say other people needed to do it, then I needed to set that example um, and found someone to pay for it for me. So there you go. The, the, That's waste, the, secret. the waste of money part came, went out. But I had the same experience where um, I had to put very little effort into much of my coursework, for one thing.
1: Because yep. it was
0: all so basic level, which, whatever.
1: Um, and when you're used to being a self-directed learner, like you were before that. Yeah,
0: it was it was hard. And I found yeah. that most of the classes I took in both programs I was in were about 15 years behind.
1: Ooh, yeah. What I did yeah.
0: just from doing my own reading and self-directed learning. Um, so that part was frustrating to me. And it was very much an academic focus, and it was very much uh, geared towards the idea that the preschool teacher works two hours in the morning and is a real teacher, and the people who are working in childcare programs were not included in most of what I was studying. Um, when I feel like Which that's is the majority dream. of the reality yes. <laughs> of, of what we're doing. So it was a frustrating thing for me, too. Um, so we need to get this
1: dream college started. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what yeah. will, what will how it, do you what will How do you like? build
1: competent teachers? Hmm. The first question. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think you have to have – I don't know how to say this without sounding insulting to the people who are teaching in those college programs, but – there has to be some level of staying current and being a self-directed learner yourself to be able to teach people to be competent teachers. And I don't yeah. know if it's the current university system that doesn't allow for that or, you know, if it's just prescribed to them and they have no control. I'm not really sure how all of that works, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm speaking from my own experience. Mm -hmm. We had several teachers that were actually tenured professors, but a majority of the teachers, if I'm remembering correctly, were just teaching that one class, Uh, not full-time professors, uh or they were hired on for the summer term or something. Right. Um, I found those classes to be more meaningful and I remember those professors more. The ones than who were the per- more yeah, than the tenured? The- yes. Yeah, and I think sense. a lot of that has to do with I'm, you know, I'm the guy who they hired to do uh, social skills teaching class mm-hmm. for this summer term. So this is what I'm focused on. This is what I do.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm focusing on this one thing.
0: Yeah. I found a real... Uh... Uh lack of any conversation or instruction about social and emotional skills while, while we're on, on that subject, since you used that example.
1: Mm-hmm. I think um, I was trying to say social studies, but oh, yeah, well, I would agree. <laughs> <then>.
0: <laughs> yep, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, but And that's a good example of we, you know, if we're looking at current research and current recommendations, the focus is always on social and emotional development and that approaches to learning the curiosity, the problem solving, the flexible thinking. Um. But what I got in my classes and what I see in the teachers I work with now who are taking classes um, is that that's such a foreign concept They they don't even yeah. know um, how to teach a social or emotional skill. Or they just wipe their hands and say, that's not my job. Right. Yeah. I'm here to teach them to read.
1: Yeah. And you're like, well, you signed up to teach first grade, so yeah. like... How, you can't how separate you, those. Things. How do you separate? Well, and, and that's
0: one of the core ideas of developmentally appropriate practice, or one of the 12 principles that that guides developmentally appropriate practice in Nacy's book about it, that invented the idea, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that children, um, all of that learning is interrelated in early childhood. You can't separate physical from cognitive, from social, from uh, language, um because it's all tied together so so tightly in early childhood. So to say the social emotional domain is not my job for any child, but particularly in early childhood, which is defined as through age eight. Yeah. Is is to you know, children will pay the price, like Stacy Goffin said in that quote, if we don't know what we're doing, children are paying the price. And if we don't acknowledge and honor that that development is all interrelated, then we are doing a disservice to the children that we say that we want to be there for or we say is the reason that we're doing the work we're doing.
1: Absolutely. And I would argue that it's not just early childhood that all of those things are connected for. I would have really benefited from a social-emotional class in my grad school program of just, like, how do you interact with parents? Oh, right. How, like... Let's bring all this social emotional stuff that you're a grown up, so you should, in theory, not have to do because you're a grown up and know all these things already. Uh-huh. And in reality, you're like, You said what to that mom? Like, that? Ah, yeah, let's talk about what tact is. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Or just, you know, the folks who say, I'm here to work with the children, I'm not here to work with their parents. Well, yep. that's unrealistic, too, and a good. Preparation program would have focused on engaging with families,
1: absolutely more
0: than more than I think that they do. Um, most of the family conversation or or stuff I had in my classes was um, really lame, aged ideas for involvement, mm-hmm. getting them to come to you and do the things you want them to do. Um, oh, I just or just uh, very once... superficial discussion of diversity
1: yeah that wasn't authentic yeah at all. and i i just went to a conference that talked about parent involvement mm-hmm. versus parent engagement mm-hmm. if you have engaged parents they're part of the system they have a voice in how things go they're equals to the teachers yeah but if you have involvement you just have parents like hey i need help cutting out this stuff will you come cut it out for me right
0: yeah. Conferences are tomorrow, and you're a bad mom if you can't make it. Yeah, nah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's so. That's so crazy, and that's a you know it's another example of not really understanding the knowledge base, because yeah, what what that knowledge base, the current research again says, is family engagement benefits children, but we have to dig deeper and look at then what do they mean what let's define our terms family mm-hmm. engagement and that's what you just touched on it's not just they come when you call um and it's all on the parents to shoulder that um and i don't i don't know that that i don't know that many of the early childhood folks i see coming out of degree programs understand that either
1: no i don't think um, teachers like this isn't limited to early childhood in my mind
0: well the podcast is tiffany I'm just teasing. <laughs> say whatever you want to say.
1: Um, I feel like I should have a disclaimer. Um, I did not undergrad. I My undergrad degree is in biology. And my master's is early childhood elementary education. We didn't take a single class on early childhood education. We took one child development class yeah. that covered the preschool years for approximately one day. Right. And just because of that somehow, I can slap my ECE on there don't fully understand <laughs> um that that to me would be the number 1 uh, focus in no that wouldn't be number 1 it would be a close second yeah in my dream school would be a focus on child development mm-hmm. and well, how sure. it relates to daily practice right because i think everything you do should be based on that
0: exactly you've got to understand how they develop and when certain things can be exe- expected and how you can then scaffold that that development before yep, you yep. can talk about any of the other goals. Even if your goal yeah. is to have preschoolers reading, which is not a good goal. But yeah. I know that's the goal <laughs> that many people have. You can't do it without understanding child development a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I think you can't stay in the field long without understanding child development.
0: Or shouldn't. Maybe you can. Or should. But you should Maybe you can. <laughs> um Depending
1: that would be life. one of my one of my questions that would go into it uh an ideal continuing ed program. What are we naming our program? I don't know. Oh. Oh, I had a really good, stupid name for a while and it had to do with um Plato's it was like Plato's school of P. Oh the Republic. Plato's yeah. Republic. Plato. Uh, the the school's going to be called the Republic. That's brilliant. The Republic University. Nice. That's our idealized view of the world. The
0: Pearsall-Winnig-Republic-University. <laughs> University. <laughs> Although that may not be my name by the time we open <laughs> <laughs> it. Oh. We open our doors. Um, How about Heather spoiler. And- <laughs> yeah, Heather and <laughs> Tiffany, that's safe. Yeah, yeah. So here's, I'm, I'm jotting down what some of our classes coursework's going to be. So it's okay. going to be heavy on social emotional development, child mm-hmm. development, all those mm-hmm. areas. We need to focus on learning all the time, not just from 9 to 11. Yeah. How, how children can do that. We need to look at family engagement. This is mm-hmm. another thing. Play, I don't think was mentioned at all.
1: Oh, definitely not. In any
0: of my undergrad stuff or my my Fun college is
1: stuff. like the
0: F word. Right, right. Or if it was, but it it's wasn't like fleshed out.
1: You want it to be engaging. Yeah. But like doing something because it's fun. That's, right.
0: And how you can learn from that.
1: That's what you do on like a uh, Friday before winter break. You can have fun on that day. <laughs> right.
0: Or if the regular teacher's out. Yeah, Maybe you can just play all day that day. Or the Mm -hmm. last hour of the day when the closers are in the classrooms. We put Mm -hmm. sometimes our least qualified teachers in for that last hour. Um, But here's here's one that I would really want us to focus on. And that's guiding behavior and helping children with behavior. Um, Yeah. I, I had coursework or classes that paid lip service to that, but didn't really get into anything. And if it were me... The practicum, one of the practicums, would have to be solely focused on guiding behavior and really being in real life situations. Mm, And Dan Hodgins and Dan Gartrell would teach that class for us. Ooh. They would co-teaching. Yes. So if you boys are listening, (laughs)
1: Tiffany and I have have an offer for you. (laughs) It pays really well, I hear.
0: (laughs) It pays in dreams. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. So that's one of my sort of passion soapbox issues is that we yeah. we have teachers who are absolutely unable to step outside of the uh, timeout box or mm-hmm. um, just sort of traditional thinking
1: about rewards and consequences. That uh, like old school classroom management. Right. I feel like a lot of yeah. those... Things are hidden inside of a classroom management course. And it can go so drastically either way. Classroom yeah. management class can be all about like, check out this sweet red, green, yellow chart I found on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. Now you find something and you implement it. Or it can actually be like, let's look at the social development of children that are the age that you are working with. Right. And like, how do you actually help them? Mm-hmm. And let's and examine goals. deal with the problems, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: what What are realistic yeah. goals and how do adult behaviors contribute to the behaviors that drive you crazy? You know, how do things yeah. that the teachers are doing contribute to that? That needs to be and a having, part of our school, too. That
1: would be the class, to me, um, that would have the conversation of, oh, it bothers you when a three-year-old throws a tantrum? You need to friggin' deal with it, because three-year-olds have tantrums, right. like... <laughs> That I think that gets glossed over a lot too. Right. We, can we hire Tamar Jacobson to teach that class? Oh, well
0: well sure. Oh we let's let's I hire mean, Tamar to
1: teach the the social. teacher social emotional.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um so we also have our faculty list started.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> All right. We got some emailing to do. <laughs> some offer uh, letters
0: to work out.
1: My uh my big thing with Um, teaching the teachers is practicing what I preach. If I believe in play-based learning as how people learn best, Mm -hmm. then I therefore have to believe that adults learn best in a play-based environment too. Right.
0: Yeah, that's almost um, every piece of research or every recommendation for adult learning looks nothing like a traditional classroom, Mm -hmm. but our And even the way we do in-service stuff, even if we're not talking about formal college education kinds of stuff, if we're talking about teacher in-service days or whatever, we still Mm -hmm. cling to that um, everybody's an empty pitcher and we'll just pour knowledge into your head for an hour and you'll Mm -hmm. leave being a more skilled teacher. Um, And Margie Carter and Deb Curtis in their book, Training Teachers, Say they say something along the lines of, just because adults have been programmed and are polite enough to sit through that tr- sort of a, a setting doesn't mean that that's the best way for them to learn.
1: Um, so we yeah. we
0: we our our college really we need to look at that. We need to not have classrooms, mm-hmm. no traditional classrooms,
1: none. I want a Dewey Lab School for grown-ups. Oh, I do too. A Dewey Lab with school. like library slash internet room Mm -hmm. that's like the big group room everybody in the whole program should fit in that room (laughs) yeah and then several rooms off of that personally Mm -hmm. I would do them um how would I do them in a teacher school because you still have to have access to the knowledge that you need Mm -hmm. as far as mentors and stuff go right so I would have several rooms off of that room That would be just like meeting spaces Mm -hmm. and then different things happening each day. Yeah. So to start out the year, I would probably have like, you know, a different professor stationed in each room. And then that professor would say like, I want to talk about social emotional development today. I'll be doing that from this time to this time. Mm -hmm. Come join me when you're ready. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then eventually that table would switch and the people signing up for the rooms would be the teachers in the program the students essentially Mm -hmm. okay example yeah would say like hey i want to learn about what math development looks like in a four-year-old i'm gonna sign up for this and then the teacher comes to you and says hey i'm interested in that too i'll be Uh there Uh uh-huh
0: that sounds good to me um would you sign up for that program or is that too
1: alternative well, that's I, what I, I worry I about. I think like, if we need to. Idealized, it needs to be alternative, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you actually want people to sign up for it, they, it has to be that bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, and it goes back to Does those, it? Teacher Does de- it
0: those teacher developmental stages that you and I love to talk about. In the survival stage, they need to sort of be fed. So that's a piece of it that, you know, that our, our faculty or whatever have to present information in some way directly to folks and then there has to be opportunities for them to play with those ideas to act on those ideas mm-hmm. um, so i'm not saying that there's no direct instruction or anything but w- that no, can't be direct
1: instruction is not a bad word no that can't be
0: what we're relying on for everything or right um assuming it that can't be like the way. easy path yeah right. so those offshoot rooms the little meeting mm-hmm. rooms could be like the howard Gardner. Meeting rooms. Ah. See, and then we could get some folks from the Dewey family and the Gardner family (laughs) to
1: fun. (laughs) This sounds lovely. (laughs) Dewey School of Teacher Education. Do you have to have students at your lab school that are children to make this work? Um, Do you have to have, like, a a meta lab school? Three levels of lab school. Lab school, yes. We
0: absolutely need a meta lab school. (laughs) <laughs> in our dream college.
1: <laughs> so one of those rooms in the teaching college mm-hmm. is not actually a room. It's a hallway that leads to a Dewey lab school for children. Right. Right.
0: Why why Dewey, Tiff?
1: Why Dewey? Because his lab school is, like, the most beautiful, brilliant thing I've ever seen. Can I just say that I just have a huge boner for Dewey? Like... <laughs> That's all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we just got a new hashtag for our podcast. Plac- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I was I was setting you up. I was hoping you'd say something funny like that. <laughs> well done. You did it. I, you did it. I, I took the pitch. Hmm, yeah. Okay, so what else is in your dream here?
1: Um Emerging curriculum for adults. I that's mm. just kind of what I said, what I tried to explain. But that would be like the yeah. catchphrase. Okay. Okay. So okay. each group of adults that you get is different. They mm. need different things. They're at right. different places. Right. So, How do you get a group of adults? Oh. This is what I. well wait, hold the phone. Let me rant for a second. Okay, hold This on. was I the hardest. To write
0: down what I was going to rant about.
1: Okay. Okay. Go. This was the hardest. Thing to wrap my brain around in my teaching program was that I was entering with no experience Mm -hmm. I was like hey I volunteered in a classroom it was fun I like making worksheets (laughs) sign me up other people were like yeah I've been teaching preschool for 10 years and I worked as an aide in uh, elementary school for four and now I'm ready to get my license Um, I'm just here to get the piece of paper Mm, yeah I needed a very different experience than that person with 14 years in classroom experience.
0: Right. Right. Well, that – and that feeds nicely into what I was about to rant about, which is, again, developmentally appropriate practice and Mm -hmm. approaching adult education in the same way that we would helping little children learn. And so going to those, Mm -hmm. the three core considerations of developmentally appropriate practice, one is we have to know what's typical for children, Mm -hmm. people the age we're working with. So that's where that, you know, we have to kind of know what to expect generally from adult learning, adult learners. Second, what do we know about the specific individuals who are in this program with us right now? So that's that's what you're describing. And, And what do we know about the social and cultural context they come to us from? So... We have to have some really skilled professors at this, yeah, <laughs> at this university who can make all those shifts, and that's where the professors
1: who like merging curriculum know about adult learners comes in.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they have sort of a basic. This is what my plan is, but I am skilled enough to follow where the students take me today and what they need from me today.
1: Yeah, mm, that's yeah. a tall order. Would that be a Socratic teaching method?
0: I, I think it is a Socratic teaching method.
1: Maybe. I don't fully understand what least... a Socratic teaching method is. That's why I'm asking.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I'm sort of processing it, too, because I haven't thought about that for a long time. Um, we'll have to come back to that.
1: Okay. I th- I think now, it's... We, we might have to do, like, a Plato-Socrates separate episode oh, someday. Oh, my God. Okay. Because holy cow!
0: Yeah, um... nerd alert. <laughs> um, I'll have to read up on that, but uh... <laughs> your homework is to read the Republic. I was trying to find a funny, clever way to work boner into this part of the conversation too. It wasn't working, and I was totally distracted. Sorry. So, um, so we may have methods- to have. Our own in a, college for preparing the professors to teach in our own college.
1: We've got we three a lot of work of college to do now. We three levels of schools. A lot of work yeah. to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Because that is the next. Oh, it's just. It's a cascading, never ending train of dominoes. <laughs> How do you hire the people? Well. Because this. I, it's so, be so often you I and see the, the people. Dance. <laughs> and Tamar. And Tamar.
0: Come on, Tamar. You know you want to. We'll throw Jeff in there too, just so he doesn't yeah. cancel my podcast. Yeah, Lisa too. <laughs> Lisa. Because we love her. Lisa's never threatened to cancel my <laughs> podcast, just Jeff. <joking. laughs> anyway. uh
1: What was I going to say?
0: I don't know. I'm sorry. Something about the levels and the cascading train of dominoes. Oh,
1: so th- when we're hiring people. Mm hmm. We have to focus on not just who is good at this with children, but who is good at teaching adults. Mm -hmm. Because I think that those are two very separate things. Mm -hmm. And I I agree that if you're good at working with children in like, if you're good at teaching children in this way that we're describing our dream school, then it should translate to adults. Mm -hmm. But just like you said, adult development is different. Right. You have to understand how adult development works. Yeah. I think
0: having that ability to work in that way with children would show that you have a disposition for that kind of teaching. Yes. Um, But not everybody who is good at working with children is good at articulating why they're doing what they're doing with children.
1: Yes. Or comfortable talking to adults. Yeah.
0: So so we'd have to get some of that figured out.
1: Or comfortable translating. So I'd want teachers in the program to model at the lab school. Right. That's really important. The modeling of how you do it. Right. The professors professors should also model how to do it as professors to the adult learners in their school. Right. Without patronizing. Ah, yes. I can't tell you how many times I've been to 800 million stupid workshops that involve like okay, now we're going to do this uh, this activity that teaches you about food webs, <laughs> excuse me, and let's all play this game. And it, the game sucks. Right. Because we're grown ups. Right. We're not at the same stage of development as the five-year-olds that would play this game. Uh-huh. And the people that love it and have a great time playing that game, ooh, you gotta worry about them. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Yes, <laughs> the ones who have not developed their critical thinking skills enough to separate... Yeah just the fact that it's a game doesn't mean that it's playful learning. Yes. You know what I mean?
1: So many so mm. so much know what you mean. Yes. Don't teach, don't talk to me the same way that you talk to a four year old unless you're so good at yeah, social skills say. coaching that you have figured like I think that's a stage of development too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you're good our- at
1: it, it shouldn't, if if you're good at it, it should be the same is what yes. you're saying, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I would have concerns about someone. Uh, how do I want to say this? One of my pet peeves is that we talk differently to children than we do to each other. Yes. Yeah. And what, what that usually looks like is we've dumbed things down for the child or we aren't really involved. We're just rote. Responding. Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: But it's also different. You know, like if you come in, I mean, the I'm your professor, different. and you come in upset about something, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, I'll hold you in my lap and you know, tell me what's wrong." I might.
0: <laughs> is this is this a cute student? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's my turn to be totally inappropriate.
1: I love it. Back and forth is how it goes.
0: I bet Dan Hodgins would give him a good cuddle.
1: Mm. Oh man, your my brain is hurting now. Like would it be the same?
0: No, I'm being silly. Probably not. Okay, good. Don't make your brain hurt. But Always like if silly. you
1: know those people that like really just need a good cuddle?
0: Right. There was just something on Facebook last week, some woman who's a cuddle therapist. Yeah. And that's what she does is she cuddles
1: people. Yeah, that's the very Portland thing. Is it? I couldn't do it. Yeah. But... Yeah, no. It's a Portland I like to thing. cuddle a lot, but not with strangers. Right. Uh, maybe cut, not with professors. I cuddle solely with strangers. <laughs> well, this episode has taken an interesting It, it, it feels like
0: maybe we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we went back and listened to all the episodes that you and I have done, I think this is the trajectory. We're really on it. <laughs> it
1: just devolves.
0: And it's pretty too. great. And then we <laughs> just get ridiculous and one uh-huh. of us
1: decides to stop. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to do a classic Tiffany, which is one last thing before yes, we go. Yes, please. I was just going to say. Um, my number one, I changed it. Okay. So there, there are three things that I would require. Yeah. One of them is practicing what you preach in emerging curriculum for adults. Right. The other one is something I don't remember. (laughs) Perfect. We talked about it. Lab school layout, lab school layout. Okay. The the number one for me is fostering intrinsic motivation.
0: Yes. Which goes into that approaches to learning stuff that I like to talk about. Yep. It's very related. We should do one about that, too, sometime.
1: Yep. I want every teacher that leaves my program to be able to say, "Oh, I don't know a lot about sensory processing disorder, and I have a kid with that in my class. I'm going to find out more." Oh yes, uh-huh. and not just like I'm going to wait till the IEP IFSP meeting and right. like not know at all what I'm talking about. Yeah, I want people to say it's always my job. Yes,
0: yes, me too. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. So to bring it to you know the the goal of the podcast is to take the quote, talk about it, and then make it real or talk about how it can work in real people's lives who are listening. So um, so let's at least try to do that before we finish. But for one, <laughs> what comes to mind for me is that people need to know that it's okay if you're sitting in a class that's not giving you what you need or you think is 15 years behind or um is focusing solely on one population of early childhood educators speak up and push back you can do that
1: yeah um, uh, you know you have an example how did you do that in your learning
0: how did i do that you know mostly for me because i did a lot of mine online which mm-hmm. is also a crazy system um, mm-hmm. it worked for me and, you know, was an excellent system of jumping through the hoops I needed to jump through, but discussion boards drove me crazy because, hey. um, it seemed like in almost all of them, the professors were really uninvolved. So someone could come on and say, yeah, I know this is what the text said we should do, but I'm going to keep doing it my way. Cause I don't think that's right. And that would go unchallenged. So a lot of my pushback was with fellow students, Mm -hmm. knowing that I maybe couldn't influence or affect the professor, but I could plant some seeds in with my peers. Um, Yeah. So, and maybe that's more effective because they're the ones who are going out and doing the real work. Um, So a lot of my pushing back was that, although I did, you know, sometimes challenge, you know, something so simple as, so in Indiana, our early learning standards are called the Indiana early learning foundations. Um, And it goes from birth to five. And in one of my classes, one of the professors said, Indiana doesn't include infants and toddlers in their foundation, so don't worry about that part of this assignment. And I was like, they absolutely and always have included (laughs) infant toddlers. So you need to change this assignment and change that language so that teachers know, your students know.
1: Yeah. Not the truth. <laughs> Not true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what? So stuff like that. I mean, I think that's it's it's okay to to be a critical thinker. is what It's I would end necessary. It with. It's necessary. <laughs> it's
1: necessary. <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah. start a summer program? Let's just start our own summer school. Okay. And it'll be Heather and Tiffany's S- boot camp S- republic. Summer Republic. <laughs> <laughs> summer Republic. <laughs> 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 we'll test it out. We can do it at my house. Okay. We'll play in the woods. It'll okay. be great.
0: All right. We'll work on that. So okay, last thoughts. <laughs> Any last thoughts?
1: Last thoughts. I love this dream. I do. If too. someone wants to fund it, give me a call. Right, right.
0: <laughs> we'll post we'll start the GoFundMe and post yeah. the link when this podcast is released. Yeah.
1: Um, um, I will say I'm gonna give a plug for yeah. Wayfinding Academy in Portland. Okay. It's it's a college that just started its first group. Uh, its first cohort this year that is focused on self-directed learning and it looks amazing to me. Nice. Check it out. Okay. Wayfinding. Wayfinding Academy. Gotcha.
0: All right. Thanks. They can pay you ah? later for your plug. You <laughs> get a discount on classes. All right. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Cause and Effect and we hope you'll come back again.
1: Bye. Bye.